Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's rare to find a gift that you know everyone on your list will love. That's what you get with an incredibly soft blanket from Minky Couture. With hundreds of different styles and sizes of Minky Couture blankets, you'll find a gift that they are sure to love every single day of the year. Shop the best deals of the season at MinkyCouture.com. Christmas to all the marble heads out there listening to In the Marbles, our 15th episode, our holiday Christmas special here at In the Marbles. And just like Santa, I'm going to be flying solo. Preston unfortunately had issues come up in which he couldn't make it to the show. And that's understandable. Life happens. This is more of a hobby right now than anything else. We wish him the best of luck in whatever he has to do. And so this is going to be a little different format. I'm going to be just going through the news, talking, to, and we're going to be talking about, um, I picked out four moments throughout the show, throughout our first season, as you might call it, that I found funny, and I hope you found memorable, too. If you're a constant listener of the show, you'll recognize them. If you're not a constant listener, and this is your first time listening to In the Marbles, I think you're going to find it pretty interesting how far we've come from episode one with updates and upgrades with equipment and flow of the show that how far we've come. So that's very interesting. So we're just going to hop right into it with the news of racing. And I've only found one interesting article and that was Charles Leclerc signed with Ferrari until the year 2024. And just looking at the writing on the wall, he's the, the number one driver there. He's going to be number one if he's not already number one. Vettel had a subpar year with the only memory I have of this year is that whole debacle and penalty in Canada where Lewis Hamilton won and he finished second and switched to signs on pit road after the race. That was the only memory I have, whereas Charles Leclerc won a few races. Like I said last episode, I could see Leclerc staying, Vettel getting the boot, maybe Hamilton coming in. Uh, Max Verstappen going to Red Bull, and Sebastian Vettel. Max Verstappen's already with Red Bull. Uh, Max Verstappen going to Mercedes, and Sebastian Vettel heading back to Red Bull. Or Vettel might head to Mercedes. You never know. But uh, And then um, the other piece of news I have here is the Bush class is coming back to Daytona. They Bush is now a partner in the sponsorship for NASCAR, and they found it appropriate to put their name back on the class, make it the Bush class again. 
And I feel like that's a bit of a nostalgia tactic for NASCAR. A lot of their fans feel that, and myself too, I guess, that we want to get back to a certain point in NASCAR before it all started going downhill. And I feel like this is just an attempt to do so because everybody wants that nostalgia. Everybody remembers and really feels at home with where they got introduced to racing, whether it be Formula One, NASCAR, Indy. They want to go back to that time. So me being an early 2000s NASCAR fan, I would love to see the likes of Sterling, Marling, Dale Jarrett back on the track. That's not going to happen, though. They're retired. You can't race forever. Just like Josh said last week, you need to find something to do outside of motorsports. And But that's going down the rabbit hole here. But but the Bush Clash is coming back to Daytona. First winner of that race is Buddy Baker in 1979 in an Oldsmobile. That was a pretty interesting piece of history. Dale Earnhardt has the most wins there at the Clash with six. And six times the winner of the Clash has gone on to win the Daytona 500 with names like Bobby Allison, Bill Elliott, Dell Jarrett, Jeff Gordon, and Denny Hamlin. And then in a sadder piece of news, I'm sure the whole our listening audience already knows this, that Junior Johnson passed away a few days ago from Alzheimer's disease. He was in hospice care, passed away from Alzheimer's disease, terrible disease, known as the last American hero, was pretty much with NASCAR right when it started back in the late 40s, early 50s. So, He's terrible. He's going to be missed terribly. Best known as his as a team owner with six championships as a team owner with Kale Yarbrough and Daryl Waltrip with three apiece. Won 134 races, if I remember correctly, as a team owner. But as a driver, he's also very accomplished. Won the 1960 Daytona 500 with a very interesting story behind that. Him and Ray Fox, who was his crew chief, and Ray was an engine builder crew chief, very good engineering mind. In the early days of NASCAR, they discovered the slipstream, that, which we now know is drafting in the racing world, where drafting is when one car gets behind another car, pretty much takes the air resistance off of that second car, making them both go faster. So it's just boosting power there, as you could probably, just to keep it simple. But that's he discovered the slipstream and used a slingshot technique to win the 1960 Daytona 500, which is now... Every time we go to Daytona and Talladega, you hear drafting and uh, slipstreams. He, he actually won 139 races as a team owner. Uh, third only to Richard Petty Enterprises and Hendrick Motorsports. And then he, uh, a little more piece of history here. He had a uh, he was at, he had a two-lap lead in the World 600, which is now the Coca-Cola 600. There at Charlotte Motor Speedway. And a fan threw a bottle onto the track, which caused him to crash. So I guess that's why, or that's one of the beginning moments of where we do not have glass bottles into the racetrack again. But Junior Johnson passed away, and again, a sad moment, and thoughts and prayers go out to his family. Everybody's pretty shooken up about that. And now we're going to go into an upgraded version of Hey Man. Hey Man. Hey Man. All right. I wish Preston was here to enjoy this these these games here that I'm playing here. Okay, so first one comes from uh, in NASCAR and NBC is doing this thing where they're going through the decade and finding these moments in the decade. They usually have to deal with the champion of that particular year or, or another significant moment within the decade. They're just going all over that. So the first one comes from uh, 2015 where Kyle Busch won the NASCAR 
Spring Cup Series Championship. After missing, I think it was 11 races due to a broken leg after a Bush Series or an Xfinity Series clash or crash at Daytona. And so everybody thinks there's an asterisk by that. We've went into great detail about this when Kyle Busch won this year's championship that he, he did exactly what NASCAR decided to do, finish in the top 30 in points and win a race during the regular season, and you can advance and race for a championship. You know, a lot of fans talk about this is when I became a Kyle Busch fan because he did he accomplished this after the odds were stacked against him. And But a lot of people, including Jared, uh, said this, and, and, and I think it's more of an in defense of Kyle. He said, you know, all about Kyle Busch lately. You know there's dozens of other drivers who could do the same thing. Why can't you go post about Dale Jr. and all his champions? Oh, wait. So, it isn't funny. And again, folks, this is weird just sitting here just talking. I could do this for hours. I'd do this anyway, just driving down the road, talk about racing to myself. But, you know, hopefully you're enjoying it. But little jab Jr. there and all talking about his non-championships. But a couple in the Bush series. So then we jump to 2013 and Danica Patrick winning the poll, which was a huge moment of females never been on the poll for the Daytona 500, and Danica Patrick was the first. And she ended up finishing eighth in the race in the 2013 Daytona 500. But then you you have the haters and everybody who's totally against Danica Patrick, and I'd hate to say it, uh, towards the end of her career, I was one of them. It's like she just hasn't proved herself. She moved up the pipeline too fast. William wrote, great driver, when alone on the track by herself. Travis said, you can't tell me that the car didn't help from te- with people from tech inspection to make the storyline happen. So he's thinking this is kind of a conspiracy, and NASCAR was desperate for positive publicity. Not in 2013. I think that's when it's kind of started. Everybody started kind of noticing it. But he thinks this is just a publicity stunt for Danica Patrick making this historic event happen. And then let's see here. Oh, okay. This is, this is, I saw this a lot through it. So Chris and 15 other people that I counted out of the, I didn't count everybody, but the top 300 comments that were on there and it all went downhill from there. I think that takes the winner from it. <laughs> she, that was kind of the high point of her career. Ended up being a uh, Daryl said, ended up being a never was sad that she rushed her career and thought she was bigger than her driving skills. And that's true. I'd, I'd have to agree with Daryl there. But the final segment of Hey Man, Clint Boyer and Jeff Gordon's fight at ISM. There were two clear different sides to this, that you had those people who think Jeff Gordon had it coming to him, and then Boyer had it coming to him. Uh, James wrote, Boyer deserved that. He used Gordon up all year, and Jeff Gordon finally had enough of it. But then Jeff said, Boyer can't fight. It's obvious when he took those crap shots at Ryan Newman at the All-Star race that he can't fight, and he hid behind this team. Well, I didn't see that. I saw him getting out of his car and running. Everybody did. Everybody remembers that fight. But that was also from that was from 2012 that that happened. And then all those years, and then Steven said, to wrap it up, all those years, and Jeffy can never get his, never got a proper butt whooping. Hey, man. And that's hey, man. A little down and dirty segment there. But now we're going to get to the highlight of the show to me where we get to, kind of take a travel down memory lane here. And this is our 15th episode here at End the Marbles. And I'm super excited about this because our long-term goals here are is to interview more drivers. We've already had a few on, interview more team owners, interview anybody involved in any level of motorsports 
We want to talk to them, especially the lower-level guys. Get their name out there. Brian Barnhill was one of our top episodes. I, I contributed a lot of that to Thanksgiving and a lot of people driving, but you know, I, we leave it in the driver's hands to promote themselves. Brian Barnhill did an excellent job, and it's kind of a help-me-help-you situation here, I feel, where we can let these drivers talk all they want and get their name out there and, and learn I learn new things every time I talk to a different driver. A lot of it is the same, but then you have these totally different mindsets on different issues, different approaches to getting into racing and how to sustain yourself. And uh, last week's episode with Josh Rayum, a team owner and driver himself, was by far one of my favorite episodes this year. And if you have a chance, go check it out. It, it was a great interview. And and if you just listen to every episode from one till now, I think you can kind of see where we're going with this. And I'm sure those loyal listeners of the show will already know where we're going with this, that we want to, you know, next year get to Myrtle Beach Speedway, Sumter Speedway. We're going, I'm going in March to South Alabama Motor Speedway to see Charlie. And if memory serves me right, he said he's not racing in that race due to that incident we talked about a long time ago where he went back on the track, and I hate to say Charlie's one of my best friends, but rightfully so, he should have been penalized for that. If Once you use your car as a weapon, it's just equivalent to a hockey player using his stick as a weapon. You can't do that. And retali- and the people getting re- the retaliation always get hurt, regardless of the sport, regardless of anything. It's those retaliations that hurt people. And we've all seen it in the NFL and NHL, if you watch either of those. But then, uh, so we're going to take a trip down memory lane here, and uh, we're going to go to our first episode where Preston and I were just starting. We had not the best equipment and not the best setup compared to what we have now, but I I find it very interesting and find it very funny. So we're just going to go back to our first episode here and just listen to a clip from it. Hello and welcome to In the Marbles Podcast, our first episode. I'm Matt Beamer along with Preston Lude. Preston, how are you doing today? Great, Beamer. How are you? Good, good, man. Uh, so just to get things started, our first episode, to get to know everybody here, how did you get involved or when did you become a fan of NASCAR? Well, Beamer, I've always been a fan of NASCAR. I'm 27 years old, as you know. Uh, I've been watching my entire life. My parents are the ones that got me into it. They took me to my first race. I can't quite remember, to be honest. It's been years. I, probably, I want to say eight or nine, probably. We used to go to Darlington you every year. You remember your first race? It, it's, I know, it's very bad. Wow. I, I remember every aspect of my first race. I think I'm getting old. I wow. think I'm starting to forget things, but yeah, we used to uh, we used to go to Darlington every year. We used to have um, almost like I guess you would call it season tickets. I mean, they just had two races a year, so uh, and then my parents stopped going when I was about I want to say 13 years old, and then ever since then I started going by myself with mm-hmm. friends, my brother, and make a party out of it. Nice. Who's your driver? I'm a Paul Menard guy. Okay. And a William Byron guy. Okay, I like that. So with Paul Menard retiring, are you going to just stick with William Byron or are you going to go with Matt Benedetto? I'm going to go with both. Uh, both. I believe in Matt Benedetto. Oh, yeah. I didn't really think he was going to get a ride, but I like to uh, coin the phrase that Paul Menard is the hero for the NASCAR fan base because he's <laughs> stepping aside to give Benedetto a chance. And I think he realizes that Benedetto, excuse me, has a chance... He's got the talent. He just 
doesn't have the ride. And I think right. Paul thinks that this is the time that he can step away and also give somebody else a chance because I know Menards is sticking with the Wood Brothers as far as sponsorships for next season. So they've pretty much got everything covered at that point. Good. They just need a driver. So, yeah. to, I mean, why not to Benedetto? Why not? Why not to Benedetto? I think that's a great choice for the 21. I think that team's going to go places. They haven't had a win since Ryan Blaney and Pocono a couple years ago. So I think wins are on the um, horizon for them. Absolutely. I mean, hey, what a, maybe the Wood Brothers get win one number 100 at the Roval. I mean, Paul Menard can race decently at road courses. We he saw can. last year he was there near the end until, well, everybody forgot to turn left at turn one, and then it was all calamity after that. Yeah, yeah the infamous 103 lap accident where <laughs> Kislowski just forgot to turn left. And everybody else said, hey, we're going to follow that guy. Yeah, follow, follow the leader right into the barrier. That was a good race last year. I, I can't wait for to go back this year. Uh, Beamer, let me ask you, how did you get into racing? Well, that's a good story. Uh, we It was crazy because I wasn't a fan growing up. And then I went on this mystery church trip to this, you know those full motion simulator yeah. things in the malls? Yeah, okay, yeah. We went there and everybody, and I knew two cars. I knew Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon because everybody knew Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Gordon in the 90s growing up. And I said, I'll be Jeff Gordon. Everybody's like, oh, all you'll see is the back of the my bumper, the Dale Earnhardt's bumper. It's like, I don't know, whatever. Got in there, we raced Daytona. I didn't know what I was doing. Ended up winning. And I said, I might give this a go. And ever since then, I was hooked. I love and the story. Then, yeah, it's, that's the tip of the iceberg story right there. I, I, that's about it, actually. Uh, and then uh, my first race I ever went to was Atlanta 2003. Bobby Labonte won that race. And it was Winston Cup. And then I've been to maybe 17 or 18 races since. Every chance I get to go. Just went to Daytona this year, going next year. Went to the Roval last year, Bristol this year. Been a couple Darlington races. Every race has been very memorable if you're there. So that's how I got into it. So that was the first episode we ever did, our introduction to NASCAR, or ourselves as podcasters. And it's very, it's a lot of fun to do this and go down memory lane. And if you do a specific topic on a podcast, like for instance, me and NASCAR and racing in general, you you learn so much more than you would have ever thought of just being an average fan. And my friends and family would tell you, I'm not just the average fan. I am the NASCAR guy in the family. And I th- I'm sure my work colleagues would say, associate one word with Beamer, and they say NASCAR, among other things, I'm sure. They're at the firehouse. But that's it. That's how that was our first episode. And the other two clips I have are from our third episode, our first interview with Charlie Hercus, and I just found one very funny here, and it was just a foot-in-the-mouth moment, and I'll, I'll let you listen to it here. I was thinking, you said Justin Allgaier was there. I heard Michael Ornette. I went up to Justin and said, bro, I saw you win Daytona this year. And he said, I finished second. It's like, oh, no. So, way to, uh, yeah, way to upset him. Yeah, way to, way to get on the right foot there, Beamer. Yeah, that was totally my fault, egg in the face moment. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, I, there's really, I mean, we got the Xfinity race today. You And, and that, that was a funny moment to me because I, I, I went up there with such confidence to Justin Allgaier, who was nice enough to follow us on Twitter. I said, I, I saw you win the race, as you heard, and... He said, no. He looked at me kind of bewildered and said, no, I finished second. It's like, ooh, that was embarrassing. But so, and, and I have a tendency to do that, just open my big mouth, and whatever comes out first comes out first. 
sometimes. That's the reason I do a podcast now. And I had just found that really funny because it's not every day that that happens. You meet a driver, and there was no line there at the Junior Motorsports Hauler to see him, which surprised me. You know, a lot of people, if you go to a race for the first time, go to a Saturday race. The race is shorter. The Xfinity race. Races half the length of the cup race, and you, I think you have more of an opportunity to see drivers like that. You just walk up and, oh, you're a NASCAR driver, and maybe become a fan of that particular driver. And a lot of those guys are now then just starting to climb the ladder or already established in the Xfinity series like Justin Allgaier was, and I should have known better, but I didn't. If you can, laugh at yourself, right? And so that was our uh, third episode with Charlie. And and this second clip we're going to, or this third clip we're going to give you is from that episode as well. I, I keep going off rail, but I feel so bad for Preston here, who is the co-host of this, because we have two microphones right now. I'm, we got a third in microphone and another whole setup on the way. He's just kind of sitting here, poor guy. You know, I feel like he's not engaged in it. I mean, what, what, what's wrong, Preston? Good, I'm right here. It's It's okay. Oh, okay, so he's here, and I feel like, you know, I mean, you're the co-host of this. Is that your wife calling? Oh, man, you might want to take that. You better answer that. You better answer that. I'll sit here with Charlie, but yeah, the greatness of doing this, you sound like a genius sometimes. What you didn't hear was the door slamming, Preston getting up. We we did that episode in the camper, so hence the echoedness of the audio there, and I wish, and I wish, and I... Don't do it. I'm going to start doing it now. It just hit me to keep the raw file so we could have it unedited and give you guys more of a behind the scenes look at the show. I found that found that very hilarious that Preston would just get a random call from his wife in the middle of an interview. And if you heard a lot of our interviews, Charlie uh, Preston, poor Preston doesn't, I, don't, I can't put it. And I hate to say it. He's not sitting here in front of me and he's going to listen to this. And why the heck are you dogging me like this? But it, during that, ep- during that episode, I'm, I've known Charlie for a number of years and it was just easy to talk to him one-on-one. And Preston was, like I said, we're doing in this camp over at the kitchen table. And he was sitting next to me just kind of on his phone. And then the phone rang. And then he gets up, walks out, and slams the door. And I wish I had that audio. That would have been just hilarious to listen to and let you guys hear that. Because I, I go in there. I try not to edit a lot of things out. I take away the gaps and stuff. And so there's no pauses there's no really long pauses in the audio so you're just sitting there just is it on is it working but what I'd like to do is just edit all that out and that was so such a stickler when I started off it's got to be perfect it's got to be perfect when I realized okay I'm not perfect neither can this podcast be perfect just give it the best you got and go for it but then (laughs) that was my kind of mindset behind that and mind thinking then but then the last the last one is from when we finally got these dynamic mics that makes it sound a hundred times better than it did with with our condenser mics i can't go into the science of that don't ask me about that or you can but i'll just direct you to google but this is from that episode with caroline and dreams of a family reunion hey you're reaching race fans you're even reaching my family that's right maybe i'll maybe the your family will say, let's all go on a race trip together. You never know. That might be our family vacation. That might be. That would be the. I would go to family reunions all the time if it was at Daytona for the 500. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be great. Are you kidding me? That'd be fantastic. I, I think that's a great way to bring families together. Well, when we go to Daytona, we can bring mom 
is she going to want to go to the race? Well, she probably won't go to the race, but on Saturday, I think your dad's going to go to that race. No, or is it Sunday? Sunday, he's, he's coming to the 500. Yeah. You're going to come well, with me. I will go to the race on Saturday, and then Sunday, I'll give my ticket to your dad, and then me and my mom can go shopping. All right, you guys have fun shopping while fun. the biggest race in the world okay, is. Okay, bye. Okay, <laughs> bye. I'm going to go to Daytona. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> bye, Felicia, just like that. But uh, thanks again for helping us test out the third microphone for future interviews here and in the Marbles of Drivers. Whoop. Oscar just hit his head. <laughs> uh, Turn right into that table. <laughs> He's okay, though. He's okay. Good, good. All, all right. Oscar. All right. Appreciate all right, it again. Thank you. And uh, we'll start, we'll wrap it up here with our final thoughts. And so <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Roscoe follows Caroline around everywhere, just hit his head on the table. I, I thought it was just pretty funny just how that all transpired there. And, and let's see if we can find a few more clips here. All right, it took me a minute, but I, I, I got a, just two more clips I want to show everybody or let everybody hear. And it's, it's really funny. When we first got this uh, Rodecaster Pro, yeah, it's new and innovative. I'm still trying. I was still trying to figure it out. In fact, I'm still trying to figure out here as of this episode. And and, and a really funny conversation come up between me and Preston. And here it is. It's going great dancing over here. Yeah, yeah. We, we got, brought us in. That was great. It's fantastic. It's like all live now. It's weird. We we finally we got an upgrade to the mixer from a couple of weeks ago. So now we have a. This thing is called the Rode. It's Rode called a Rodecaster Pro. Pro. Yeah, and it does it everything. It's really cool. I mean, it does everything. More upgrade. It's weird. Now it looks like you're like a DJ at a club or something. Well, I I figured more. This would be more professional sounding. I mean, there's there's definitely after a while. Way more. Like this is like multicolored. It does. Well, it does everything for me. I don't have to switch knobs or everything. Everything's done internally. We might be able to do all this show in the dark, man. We might light up everything. We could also do it on the road because there's a micro USB in there, and we could record up to I think 128 hours. So we just need to hit record when we're on the road now instead of lugging everything with us. Yeah, that's great. That'd be fantastic. So, man, how was your Halloween? Well, we I worked. Oh yeah, we did work. Oh okay. Well, wait, were you working? I was working. I sometimes forget my own schedule and whether I work or not, and the the downside to shift work. But I'm going to leave you with this one more thing. It was so funny. We we there was an it was called an episode. Uh, I think it was called Better Late Than Never, and it was our review of Talladega and what transpired there. And it's just so quick. And, and here it is. Better late than never in the Marble Fans. I am Matt Beamer alongside Preston Lude. Preston, how are you doing today? Feeling much better, Beamer. Yeah, what was wrong? What We wanted to do this show Tuesday. What happened? Stomach virus. We have a... L- <laughs> I I quickly... I It's like I cared, but I didn't about Preston's stomach issue that he had going on. And I, I thought that was pretty daggum funny. So... <laughs> And just, hey, hey, what was wrong? Stomach virus. Uh, okay, well then, okay, okay, you're better now, whatever. Which is, stomach viruses are not fun. But now we're just going to go into our final thoughts here, and, and we'll wrap it up. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. So wrapping it up here for our 15th episode, I want to give you guys a little insight of what, what we're going, where we're going with this. And so I'm doing some giveaways here. And so be on the lookout on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram of giveaways. And the rules will be there on how to be entered in to win these giveaways. Like I said, once I get everything squared away with everybody, I will go ahead and post those up there. So be on the lookout for giveaways. And I, that just about wraps it up here for, for me that 
you know, with Preston not being here, I hope you guys enjoyed just sitting here listening to me for 20-some minutes talking about, you know, how much fun I had these past 15 weeks on this show. It, it's a lot of fun doing. It's got to follow your passion. My passion is racing. I love racing from, and I don't care whether they go two miles an hour or 200 miles an hour. If it's a good race, it's a good race. And I, I'm looking forward to next season and bringing you guys all the insight and hopefully more driver interviews, hopefully more interviews in general. Preston and I will, and on, on, on another side note here, Preston and I will not be here after uh, following this episode here for a week, weekly racing podcast, I know. But I'm going to California to go to the Rose Bowl Parade with my wife. Really looking forward to that. Going to be there in California there for a week. And, you know, with the holidays, Preston has a, a kid and his wife. So we're just going to enjoy the holidays, enjoy the New Year's. And I hope everybody else has a happy New Year, a very Merry Christmas. We, Like I said, we're looking forward to our second season and bringing you guys everything. And thank you again for all the support here in these last 15 episodes. It's gotten a lot more of a response than I thought it ever would. Special thanks to everybody again who listens. And... That will wrap it up here for our 15th episode, our holiday special. Again, be on the lookout for those giveaways on Facebook and Twitter. If you're not a fan of the show on social media, make sure to give us a like and follow us on Facebook at In The Marbles, Twitter at Marbles In, and Instagram at In underscore The underscore Marbles for any updates for the show. For Preston Lude, who is not here, I am Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for listening. Have a very Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.